all of your personal details will all be stored on one single centralized database. That data can be disclosed. And if it is disclosed and you've got all of the data of the UK population, the problems of identity fraud rise rather than reduce. You can't revoke your fingerprints. It's very much about the particular designs of this particular service, this National Identity Service. It's not saying that there shouldn't be mechanisms for identifying yourself, mechanisms for authenticating yourself. It's very much about the particular way that it's being done. The main purpose of identity cards was now, and it was claimed had always been, simply to address, to address questions of identity fraud so that you could use this simply as a means of identifying yourself securely in face-to-face -face and online uh, situations. The difference between identification and authentication are, are actually very, very important. Identification is the idea of this document says that I am Edgar Whitley and you have a certain level of assurance that if I have the card, perhaps if I type the PIN number that the card is associated with, if I look like the photograph on the card, or in the extreme case if my fingerprint matches the fingerprint on the card, then you know that I am Edgar Whitley. But in many, many cases, you don't actually need identification. You actually need authentication. So there's two very, very different kinds of activities. And the important thing is how much data you need to disclose in order to achieve particularly authentication. So being able to authenticate that I'm over 18 basically only re requires the transmission of a yes or no piece of data. Are you over 18? Yes or no. Identification might require details, this is my name, this is my address, this is my date of birth or whatever. And one of the real privacy problems that the government's proposals for identity cards has is that they also want the identity cards to be usable as a passport for travel within Europe. So if you're using that same document in order to confirm, to authenticate that you're over 18, you're actually disclosing far too much data or a lot more unnecessary data. When you, all you need to be able to show is, yes, I am over 18, what you're actually showing is your full name, your date of birth, your place of birth, which is disclosing lots and lots of data which could be used for fraudulent purposes. And one of the real problems that I have with the way that the government has been pushing this is we have an opportunity to do really exciting things in terms of identity documents. We don't in the UK have a history of paper identification cards, etc., which is found in mainland Europe. And yes, Europe has identification, identity cards, but an identity policy that differentiates between identification and authentication using new technologies without that legacy has a real opportunity to do exciting things. Everybody carries a mobile phone. Why not use a mobile phone to authenticate that you're over 18? You go to the bar, you swipe your mobile phone over a, a reader, the reader said, asks the phone using cryptographic techniques is the holder of this phone over 18? If the person is over 18, because it can calculate today's date and the date of birth that's stored, it simply gives a yes-no result. Perhaps showing the photograph of the owner of the phone. 
But that doesn't reveal all of that personal data that could then be used for fraudulent purposes. And it's such a shame that if identity fraud really is the, the thing that, these, that the card's trying to address, the government is sticking with plans that certainly don't help make that problem better and in an extreme case could actually make the problem a lot, lot worse. Another feature of the way that the government has designed this scheme is that all of your personal details will be held on, well they say three different databases, but the personal biographical details will all be stored on one single centralized database. All of your fingerprint biometrics in a single database. Now if you have a single database with the records of 60 million plus UK citizens on it, that's going to be a target for hackers to try and break into. If that database were to be compromised, and as we said before, there are always security risks with any database, you can't revoke your fingerprints. If your bank card gets stolen and you think that they've also got your PIN number, it's very easy for the bank to issue you with a new card and to issue you with a new PIN number. You can't do that with your fingerprints. You have no way of undoing that if your fingerprints are compromised. In many ways, one of the things that many people object to with the Identity Cards Act is its fundamental changing of the relationship between the citizen and the state. So one of the key drivers is, well, if you want it to be user-centric, citizen-centric, think about how you design it. Think about how you control it. Think about me being able to say, this is the data I want to disclose to you for example, to be able to go into a bar, which means I want to disclose to you all that you need, which is only, yes, I am over 18, not here's a piece of card with my full name, my date of birth and my place of birth on it. So it's about that balance between what the user wants and what the state wants. And I think that's, again, one of those differences that the British have always had that sense of, no, it's up to me in many, many cases to decide what I want of the government and yet these proposals kind of reverse that, that idea fairly fundamentally.